Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary on this Wednesday. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Um, thank you to everyone who came out to Edmonton for the Heritage Classic uh, Game Over stream that we did. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to Game Over um, uh, for that as well. And thank you to everyone who tuned in to Sportsnet 960 over the last couple of days as uh, that's where I have been. So today, to make up for what we missed, is going to be a three-parter. Instead of one long podcast, uh, we're going to do a, a nice quick little three-parter um, just to, to get kind of caught up on everything because we've had a lot of news uh, that I couldn't get to on... Um, on Sportsnet today, and also a lot of news has happened just today and in the last 24 hours as well. So we are going to get to all of that. As always, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, Diary at yahoo.com. Calm. Uh, coming up here in part one, it is going to be a look at the James Harden trade as he is off to the LA Clippers. Uh, we're going to look at the struggles of the Toronto Raptors and get ready for game four of the, sorry, game five of the World Series tonight as the Texas Rangers have a chance to wrap it all up. And in this part, we're going to look at today's ticket. In the next part, it is all about the National Football League, looking at storylines, some quick winners and losers from the NFL trade deadline. And uh, of course, I have to talk about my Vegas Raiders making a move and and in part three today, it's going to be a look at CFL power rankings um, and the NHL stories that have come out today with the Flames getting ready for the Dallas Stars, the Ottawa Senators being cost the draft pick, and that costing also cost uh, Pierre Dorian his job. So, lots to get into today. We start, though, a little bit of basketball talk. All right, so James Harden has now been moved to the LA Clippers. It's a, officially a three-team deal. The, the um, Thunder come in and get some picks involved and, and things like that. But the main part of this is the LA Clippers do eventually get their guy and they get um, James Harden. To LAC goes James Harden and P.J. Tucker. To Philadelphia, it is Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, a 26 first, a 28 first, and two seconds, plus there's a, sw a pick swap in there. The LA Clippers, the, the goal was very clear for this. They wanted another superstar. And like quite frankly, they didn't give up a ton in this, like... The, those are all, with all due respect to, to all of them, all kind of spare parts for what the Clippers are trying to do. They wanted a, another superstar, and now you could make the argument they have four. Uh, they have people, they have four guys who have been superstars at least at one point in their NBA careers. Um, I just don't know if it's worth it. Um, and again, like I said, it's all spare parts going the other way, but James Harden... This, it has been so toxic everywhere he has gone. And it doesn't come with rings. It doesn't come with playoff success. It just comes with a whole lot of headaches and a whole lot of, what's this guy actually going to do? And what's this guy actually about? That there's a lot of that, which I would imagine makes building a, a franchise extremely difficult. It's going to be an interesting team when everyone's healthy, though, right? Like, to, to see what kind of offense they end up putting out there with those four guys, plus Zubots at center, um, it, it's going to be a, a real interesting interesting look but I, I I I just don't know if it matters you know like let's let me just pull it up here Let, let's run through the west right now um because like you you see 
what they're trying to do, right? Like there's just, there's a lot of guys who can get their own shot and that is something that can help you in the, the postseason. But in the West right now, the Clippers currently sit as the four seed. Are they better than Golden State? I don't think so. I would take Golden State's four over the, the Clippers four. And aside from Chris Paul, there's quite a bit of solidarity there. Um, are they better than the Mavericks? They might be better than the Mavericks. That, that one might be fair. They're not better than the Nuggets, though. Directly below them, Oklahoma City, I don't think they're better than the Thunder. Are they better than the Kings? Maybe. Are they better than a fully healthy New Orleans? Probably. Um, are they better than the Spurs? Yeah. Are they better than the Lakers? Maybe Lakers still have trouble scoring in the half court, which is a problem. That's weird to have not figured out from their point of view. Um, but they're not better than the Suns, who who sit below them. And then you get into like Minnesota territory, and they probably are. The point is that I don't know. Like I think this takes them from being like one of the top ten teams in the West to being one of the top six teams in the West. And all you got to do is get into the dance, right? But I. I don't know how this is going to work offensively, um, defensively. I don't think this helps you a lot anyway. Um, it, it helps, I think, when you get into load management. And I think that could be something that, that teams have to kind of work around and, and worry about. Because you have four guys who have been to All-Star games, you can't sit two of them um, for some of these games. So I think we're going to see a lot of cycling these guys through and figuring it out. Obviously, like the best case scenario is this team wins a championship, right? Like if everyone plays to the back of their basketball card, um, then this is a, a team that can go out and win a title for sure. But we just haven't seen it long enough for any of them to, to really believe that they can go out and, and actually get this done for the 76ers. The, the big part of this is they get rid of a problem. Um, this is something that has been hanging over their heads all off season. It has turned ugly. Um, and so that they, they get rid of that problem and bring in quite a bit of depth on this team. Um, Morris is an expiring contract. Covington's an expiring contract and Batum is an expiring contract and the 26 and 28 first, like, I don't know what the Clippers are going to be in three years. I don't know. I definitely don't know what they're going to be in five years. I don't think it'll be good. So th this is now an opportunity where the next star that comes up, you have a lot of bullets in the chamber that you can go out and, and make moves with to give your team a chance at a championship. I, quite frankly, it's quite the haul for the third best player on your team. Um, because Embiid is obviously the first, he's the MVP, and Maxi has Superstar written all over him. So now, to, to get this kind of a haul for James Harden, it's a lot, and I, I think it helps the depth on this team in the uh, short term, and long term, that the next star that becomes available, or the next big lit name, they can go out and just kind of flip these. Like, if, if it keeps going sideways out in Toronto... Is that a package now that you can go out and get a Scotty Barnes with? Um, or not a Scotty Barnes, sorry. Uh, a Pascal Siakam with. Is that something you go out and, and a couple of those pieces go out and add an OG and an Obi to? Um, so I, I think that for the 76ers, this was about bringing in the pieces to go out and get that next superstar. Because you weren't going to make a superstar trade. It was about getting the pieces to get that next one. And I think Philadelphia did a, a pretty good job with that. And it's three guys who can contribute, uh, at least a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Philly does. They get the Raptors tomorrow. We'll see what uh, we'll see what that looks like. I Overall, um, 
I think it's a much better deal for Philadelphia. I would rather not have James Harden on my team in, in 2023. I, I just wouldn't. And James Harden, like this is the final chapter in a legacy killing run that he has been on. We should be talking about this guy as one of the all-time great scorers in the history of the National Basketball Association. Instead, that's like third on the things that we're going to bring up about him. He was a team killer in a lot of spots and just incredibly selfish and so frustrating and just a guy who you'd rather not have on your team. And then you can get into how good of a scorer he was and and all of those things. But it's it's a good day for Philadelphia, I think, and for the Clippers, it'll be interesting, but I don't know if it's going to be good. Moving into the Toronto Raptors, uh, they are 1-3 to start the season, and they have a tough back-to-back coming up here against Milwaukee tonight and Philadelphia tomorrow. Um, the half-court offense continues to be a real problem, and it was a problem last year, and they're saying that it's because of the new system this year. Uh, you guys know with the, the Flames talk, I have a tough time believing that the new system thing when it's the same problems that were coming up from a season ago, but maybe it is just everything is getting clicked or trying to get clicked in and things like that, but it looked good in night one and now it's fallen off rather substantially. But we said after the night one game, right? The, the reason the Raptors were able to come back is the shots were falling. Well, they haven't been falling over the last three games. We'll see if that kind of corrects itself over the, the next little bit, but it is, it, it's early to start getting like, Oh wow, this is going to be a, uh, a rough go, but that Portland loss is a really bad loss this early in the season to try to get back on track with this Raptors team. And now, like I said, it's difficult the next couple of games with Milwaukee and Philadelphia. It, it kind of feels like we all know where this is going, but I don't know if this is an organization that's capable of a rebuild at this point. Like it's so clear that they have steered away from that type of a conversation. We will see what this team actually does. If this pattern continues, um, well, we'll see what happens tonight uh, against one of the better teams in the league in the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's the story from the NBA. Let's go into some baseball. The World Series trophy could be handed out tonight as the Texas Rangers take a 3-1 series lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Rangers just continue to slug their way potentially to a championship. Um, Seager is really cementing his status as one of the top two or three players in baseball right now. Um, and if Shohei Otani was only a hitter, we'd probably be talking about Seager as the best player in Major League Baseball. It is an unbelievable tear he is on. Um one of the the great playoff performances of all time that Corey Seager has done. But it's been more than Seager, right? You don't put up 10 runs or 11 runs, uh, I guess 10 runs in two innings, if it's just one dude going. Like Marcus Simeon lighting the world on fire um, in, in that last game, especially. They're, they're doing this without Adelis Garcia as well. But they, they are just hitting the hell out of the baseballs. Now, don't count Arizona out yet, right? Because that was a heck of a bounce back that the Diamondbacks had coming out of game one, where they had it set up with uh, Seawald in two-run lead, ninth inning, and the Rangers come out and bash their brains in and go on to, to win that game. That could be demoralizing, but they came back the next night, scored nine. Last night was a real ass-kicking. We'll see if the, the Arizona Diamondbacks are able to come out and extend this World Series and send it back to Texas for Game 6 and potentially 7. But it's it's not over. It absolutely is not over. Um, but it is... 
It's a big thing. It's a big, big, big step, obviously, for the Rangers that this offense is clicking at this right time. One thing I will say, I hate bullpen games in the World Series. I don't think you can rely on that with a championship on the line. I think you have to have a few guys, like dudes on short rest or whatever, but I, I don't think a bullpen game in the World Series is the way to go. I'm very old school with these sorts of things, but that that was, I was happy that didn't work last night. I'll, I'll put it that way. So that's the story for Major League Baseball. Let's get into today's ticket. Four games on the ticket tonight. We start in the association as the Dallas Mavericks are minus three and a half against the Chicago Bulls. I think the Mavericks are quite a bit better than the Bulls. Um, I view the Bulls as one of the worst teams in the league. So we will go with the Dallas Mavericks minus three and a half in this spot. Uh, and then we got three games in the NHL tonight. First, it is Buffalo taking on Philadelphia. Um... This is basically a pick'em at this point. I, I do think that Buffalo just has a bit more talent than Philly has, so I'm going to go Sabres minus 102. Um, Dallas taking on the Calgary Flames tonight. We have a preview coming up of that one in one of the other parts of this podcast, but I it, it's been real bad out here in Calgary, and the Dallas Stars are a team that can put a Horton on you really, really quickly. So I think that from a, a flame standpoint, it's going to be a long night. Um, I'm going to go Dallas minus one and a half. And then the Blues against Colorado. Uh, this is not a St. Louis team that I think can put up that defensive structure against this Colorado Avalanche group. I think the Avs just have too much firepower. St. Louis does not, and, and I don't think will be able to keep up in this game. So I'm going to go Colorado minus one and a half. If you like the Blues in this, you can probably find a, a same game parlay where it's Blues plus one and a half and the under, but I, I like Colorado in this spot minus one and a half. So that is today's ticket. And that's today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, this is a three-part podcast today. Coming up in part two, it's going to be all about the NFL. We look at the storylines coming out of week eight. Um, we look at the bad fantasy football team that could have beat yours. And we look at trade deadline winners and losers. It should be a lot of fun. Um, Thank you so much. Again, find me on social media here, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show, CouchPotatoDiary, at yahoo.com. Uh, also, you can find this show on Facebook. Uh, the rest of the week for me, like I said, two more parts today. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have NFL Power Rankings Day and maybe talking about a new champion crowned in Major League Baseball. Friday, it's a fights and football Friday. We're going to have a lot of wrestling talk coming up with WWE Crown Jewel set to go from Saudi Arabia on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we are also going to get into the full NFL preview. Um, for me personally, Friday, I am also going to be on HN Live calling some Junior B hockey out in Cochrane. So it's a full week once again. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you all later. <laughs>